The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast. We are Stadium's number one NBA podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. And I, of course, am Zach Badger House, always in the house. We appreciate everyone tuning in wherever you may be listening to this podcast. A little bit of a different time we're releasing Tuesday afternoon. We may start releasing these Wednesday morning. We'll see how the uh, the schedule works out for Zach and myself. But either way, we appreciate everyone tuning in, listening, rating us on Apple Podcast, giving us reviews, whatever it may be, tuning into the uh, the voicemail line, which we got some voicemails this week, Zach. So we just want to hear from everyone. We love making this a little basketball community, hearing everyone's hot takes and talking about the crazy stuff that happens in the NBA every single week. Absolutely. We, you know, we want everyone to always call, you know, just give us that hot take that you believe in, whether it's players. Looks like it's some players this week. And we got a, a team for the hot take. It got, it's pretty interesting this week as it relates to the voicemail line. And so don't forget, 773-273-9088. Leave your hot take, folks. Like, we want to hear what you have to say going on throughout this NBA season. You want to hear from you. Yeah. 100%. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can always call, and uh, we will be hearing every single voicemail. You can text as well. We'll read texts, whatever you want to say to us, whatever you want to get off your chest about the NBA. That is the place to do it. We do have a couple voicemails, Zach, so let's get right on to those voicemails. Hello. Please leave a message after the tone. I just want to let y'all know that Kevin Durant and James Harden is one of the best players to ever come together, best duo in the game. You hear what I'm saying? Don't forget about Melo. He just joined the Lakers. You feel me? You got LeBron over there. You got AD Westbrook. When they come together, that's going to be one scary team. They just started. They're going to win the next three, four rings. Zach, I know you hear your boy Mark talking right now, and it's all fact. Melo just joined that team. Now they about to get a ring. Hey, what's going on, man? I don't know if you're a peep. My name remains anonymous because that don't even matter once I say what I gotta say. Those calves, watch out. Those calves, watch out. Uh, that rookie of the year, watch out. Big man of the year, watch out. Most improved, watch out. All-Star Game Selection this year in Cleveland. No Cavs. Watch out. All right. We appreciate everyone calling in, hearing from the voicemail line. 
Someone loves the Cavaliers. Someone really <laughs> loves the Cavaliers. Yeah, that's very funny. And it's interesting because, you know, that's part of my run now, you know, for today is I'm going to for sure be talking about the Cavaliers and, you know, what they have going on out there in the East and how successful they've been so far this season. So looking forward to it. They've been fun. They've been mm-hmm. a fun team to watch. And it's unfortunate that they're losing Colin Sexton for yes. a little bit of time because – I mean, he's he's the engine for that team. They have a really good lineup, and I don't know Evan Mobley is is looking great, and Darius Garland is looking like he's coming into himself. But Saxton was really the motor behind that offense. Yes, he was, and they got a breakout game. And you know what's crazy, Ben? I was gonna have the stat of the week be somebody from the Cavaliers, but then someone else just happened to just steal the show. You know, Ricky Rubio go out there, has a great game in the garden, spectacular game, knocking down the threes. He looked like a dude, when he was shooting his shots, being he looked like a dude that was at the YMCA, just flat out, just heat check. That's how Ricky Rubio was looking against uh, the New York Knicks last week with that 38-point sensational game. So, you know, someone else stole the show from him for stat of the week, but he had a pretty outstanding performance for the Cavs. That's funny. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> we we have one stat of the week that we'll get to in a bit, but I mean, Rubio's been a great for that team, and yeah, I don't know. I just I just like seeing those underdog teams that a lot of people don't expect to do much or are on the younger side and maybe have a couple years of development. But I mean, it really does seem like the Cavs have have really figured out a lot of who they are and how they play their best because. Last season, it was really trying to figure out how Sexton and Garland really worked with each other. They didn't really have much defensive ability. And now you bring in Evan Mobley down low and Lowry Markinen somehow like fits with that team fairly well. <laughs> and you got Isaac Okuro, who's going to hopefully contribute once he's back from injury. Like this team has the pieces to really raise some eyebrows in the next couple of years, I would imagine, if they stay healthy and they stay with the team. And they're a young squad, but man, they they're hungry. Yeah, they are hungry. That is definitely a hungry team. So they're, they're going to be fun to watch. Um, and we appreciate the voicemail um, about the Cavaliers and then Kevin Durant and James Harden, of course. <laughs> they're a great duo. I was watching James Harden uh, against the Bulls on Monday night, Zach, and oh, my God, he's like he, he's so fun to watch. And even if he's just burning your team up, destroying your team's defense, it, you just have to respect how good of a player he is because – realistically there is no shot that's a bad shot when you're Kevin Durant he's just any shot that he takes is going to be good especially at the mid-range just because it's impossible to guard him he's seven feet tall and when he shoots the ball the ball's like eight feet high you're not gonna block the shot you're he's gonna create the distance like he's just impossible to guard and just unbelievably fun to watch yeah no I watched Kevin Durant last night against the Bulls, which credit to the Bulls for winning that game, you know what I'm saying, the second quarter of that game, and then, like, early in the third quarter. I don't know if you watched the full game, but, man, it was brutal to watch for the, from the Bulls' perspective offensively because they could not get a bucket. The offense was just super stiff, especially towards the end of that second quarter. I would think they went, like, a six-minute drought where they didn't get a field goal being so you yeah. know, credit to the Bulls for finding a way to win that game in that fourth quarter because they really struggled at a, for a period of time in that game. And Kevin Durant was looking like himself being, oh, my goodness, like you said, the mid-range. Man, he was getting to the spots. He was turning, hitting the fadeaway. It's so easy. I wanted to tweet it out, too. It's just like basketball just comes so easy 
to Kevin Durant being. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it yeah. just comes so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to watch him play because he's like, it's almost like he's just going through the motions. Like, he knows exactly what to do. It where looks like it's just, <laughs> yeah, where he wants to go. And usually wherever he wants to go, he's going to go. Whatever shot he wants to get, he's most likely going to get. Like, it's it's unbelievable how easy it is for him to play basketball. He had 38 points, 38 points, 10 rebounds. Smooth 38. Yeah, 38 in 35 minutes. Like, this this guy is just a bucket and a half whenever he gets in the court. So the Nets are going to have to figure something out because I know the Bulls are good, and I know the Bulls are going to be one of the top teams in the East. But if you're the Nets, you can't have a 17-point quarter. 17-point fourth quarter against the Bulls. And – I love to sit here and say the Bulls play great defense. They scored 42 points on the Nets in that fourth quarter while the Nets scored 17. Like, I am all here for hyping up the Bulls. But if you're the Nets, that cannot happen. Oh, yeah, no. From a defensive perspective, that definitely can't happen. you got to be engaged. If you're James Harden, if you're Kevin Durant, you got to be those voices in those other guys' ears to step up defensively. You know, Blake Griffin, he, he looks like a shell of himself out there. LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't have that that, you know, that burst of speed to get off the ball, you know, to switch positions and, you know, be able to guard, you know, one through four or, you know, three through three through five even, you know, even if you have to switch on a DeRozan, like he's blowing by those guys getting to his spots. And, man, I just love the DeRozan addition for this for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Man, he's been stellar for them, 26 a game. Like he's been going nuts, man, for the Chicago Bulls early on. It's his perfect spot. He's. I was looking through the stats today. He is fifth in the NBA in scoring. Top five, yep. DeMar DeRozan yep. in the NBA in scoring, and he isn't even the Bulls' first option. He so it, it, the, the way that he has conducted himself this year, he's a perfect fit for the Bulls, right? I mean, he. this is really the first time in a very long time in his career where he's not the primary scorer. He was the primary scorer for most of his time in San Antonio, so he had the best defender on him at all times. He comes over to Chicago – He's going to get the second-best defender, third-best defender with Zach Levine on the court and Lonzo Ball on the court. So he's taking advantage of that. And fifth in the NBA in scoring, done a tremendous job on the Bulls. I have nothing but good things to say about the Zach. <laughs> Let's get to one big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Our one big thing that we saw this week, OBT. Zach, Jimmy Butler wants to fight. Nikola Jokic. Yeah, they got all this Jokic <laughs> wants to fight the Morris Twins. That was insane. And I don't know if anyone saw it last night, but um, Jokic, what was it? It was it was supposed to be a take foul towards the end of the game. But Markeith Morris kind of hit him with a bit of a cheap shot. He, he was trying to foul him. He kind of elbowed him in the ribs. He kind of elbow a little but, bit. Yeah, it wasn't the, uh, the nicest of fouls by Markeith Morris. A little bit dirty. And then he fouled Jokic. Jokic got really upset. Marcus turned his back on him, and Jokic just plowed into him, um, almost like knocking him out. They almost had to put Markeith on a stretcher to take him out of the game. So I'm not going to condone Jokic's knockout and cheap shot, but it's not like Morris didn't do anything to <laughs> deserve a, a clap back from him. Yeah, a clap back was definitely necessary. It was a little extreme, though, if you're Nikola Jokic, and he did feel bad for it too. You know, he talked about it after the game about how he kind of he, he felt sad about you know his uh, his antics, if you will. But you know, it got a little spicy on the internet. <laughs> it did. It got really spicy because you know what happened is the Jokic's brothers were in the stands at this game, and so of course you know Jokic plows over Marquise Morris and tensions rise and teams start 
yelling at each other and chirping and Jimmy Butler's saying, saying Jokic, come out around back because he wants to fight, which Jokic would absolutely destroy Jimmy Butler. I think we have to be honest about that one. I mean, he's, oh, no. this is a man, you know, this is a man from that, Serbia. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is no, a man from right. Serbia. <laughs> Well, Jimmy Butler's not going to fight a guy from war-torn Serbia. Like, this is – Jokic is going to beat him to death. He's he's such a good fighter. So good you had that boy. going on. Yeah. You had, yeah, you had that going on. And then you had Jokic's brothers in the stands almost coming down to fight the rest of the Miami Heat. It was not a good scene. But then Jokic's brothers went on Twitter after the game and started chirping at the players from on Twitter. Yeah, it was nuts. And then, you know, they chimed in with uh, Marcus Morris, you know, the twin of Marquise Morris, you know, because Marcus has something to say about the cheap shot and how it was from behind. And then the Jokers brothers, they just chimed right on in like, you just better be careful because if you want to do that, we can do that. <laughs> so funny. It's just it's one of those weird NBA things. And I'm glad, you know, Marquise was OK. And Jokic obviously seemed to be okay, but there's going to be obviously suspensions from this, and Jokic is is going to probably lose out on a couple games, if not more, from this cheap shot from Markeith, and we may see Markeith get suspended a game or two. But it's just everything that happened after, and now that everyone seems to be pretty much okay, it's it's just fun to stare and, and watch Jokic's brothers going off on the Morris twins, and you had everyone on Twitter today talking about a fight between Jokic and his brothers and Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris and who would win in that fight? And again, the Jokic brothers would absolutely win in probably any fight that they get in. Yeah, I don't know if they bring in just their fists either. You know, I'm going <laughs> like, they coming from Serbia. I mean, and look, they got all that. And the Jokic brothers, you know, they got all that money now. So I don't even know if they even coming with fists. <laughs> I just find it funny. Jimmy Butler, what? Jimmy Butler goes on vacation. He's on yachts all over the country, living in, going to the five star hotels. Jokic goes on vacation. He's literally driving a horse and buggy. <laughs> Which one is going to win a fight, do you think? The guy that goes and drives a horse and buggy on vacation or the one that's going on a yacht and staying in five-star hotels? <laughs> All right, Zach, what's your one big thing? My one big thing this week, Ben, I got to give some credit to the team who's had this circus around their organization, you know, during this whole offseason into the season. That's the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben. I got to give them some credit for, you know, the way they've gotten off to this good start, you know, to start this season. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers, and I know they're going to be without Embiid for some time because of COVID, but they're 8-3 and three first, you know, first 11 games, and they're at the top of the Eastern Conference. And that's something that I really didn't expect being, especially being without Ben Simmons and all the drama that circulated around that organization being. I just don't think anyone really thought, you know, first 10, 11 games into the year, the Philadelphia 76ers would be at the top of the East with everything going on around them. But credit to them in that organization so far, Seth Curry has played well. Joel Embiid was playing well up until, you know, he's, of being contained with the COVID-19 virus. But, you know, Tobias Harris was out. He's come back a little bit. Tyrese Maxey has played, you know, some decent games for them so far. They beat the Bulls twice, and we know that's a team that's going to be in the uh, top of the Eastern Conference. So shout-out to the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben. I had to, you know, show them some love this week. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect from them when Simmons went out and you had people, I think on different sides of the spectrum saying, well, this is going to really hurt them because Simmons was their best defender. And he brought a lot to the defensive side and a lot to the movement of the ball on the offensive side. And then you had the people who said, they don't need him. And those people, <laughs> ended up, 
probably being correct. They they just look good, and and when everything is revolving around Joel Embiid, this team tends to do well. And if Embiid is playing well, he's such a dominant player that the team can really get by and sneak some wins past some good teams. And like you said, I mean, Tyrese Maxey has been my biggest surprise. And and I think people kind of saw his ability and in, in his scoring coming, but this year has been phenomenal. He's been such a big asset for them. Definitely a big asset because, you know, he gave us flashes here in there last season, his rookie year. And now this year with, you know, more minutes, more opportunities with Ben Simmons being out, He's delivered. You know, he's definitely showed up and been a help for Tobias Harris and obviously the all-star Joel Embiid. Now, we just hope, you know, for the next few games, and I know they have, you know, tweaking injuries and the COVID-19 thing with Embiid, but we just hope they could be able to sustain it. They got uh, Andre Drummond, who can contain the paint for the most part. You know, he can get a 15-15 game every once in a while for that team. You know, he's been a starter in this league his first, what, nine or ten years in the league. And so, you know, he has that ability, you know, to step up with Joel Embiid being absent. Maybe not the same production or offensive skill ability, obviously, but he gives you some production. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think this is – I mean, this is a team that is set up to win for the most part now. This is kind of their window, right? This is – you know, the next one to three or four years, this is the window that they're trying to shoot for to at least get to the NBA Finals when you have Joel Embiid in his prime. And you got a young player like Tyrese Maxey coming up and Tobias Harris to kind of tie everything together. It's This is the team that's, that's trying to make a run now. And I think they surprised a lot of people by being where they are right now. Um, and it's been impressive that they've been able to do it without Ben Simmons. And I just I, do you see like sustained success from them? Is this is this something that they can continue being eight and three? You know, are they going to be able to win 50, 55 games this season? See, it's kind of tough because, you know, we don't know how this COVID-19 thing is going to affect Joel Embiid. I know Doc Rivers said that, you know, he it's kind of hurting him a little bit like it was for Tobias Harris. You know, he's kind of uh, he's feeling it, if you will. You know, but there's other guys in the league who's had COVID-19 and um, hasn't felt the same as well. So we'll see how it affects Joel Embiid long term once he returns. And hopefully he's not out too long because, you know, they can't be without a guy like Joel Embiid for too long, you know, I don't think that's going to uh, pan out for 50 plus wins <laughs> without a Joel no. Embiid if he's no. out for an uh, extended time. They are an average at best team without Joel Embiid in that lineup. Uh, Zach, let's do dunk or deny our version of buy or sell. I am dunking on the Warriors being contenders. I think they're serious. I think mm. this is a serious mm-hmm. team. They started their first 10 games 9 and 1. 9 and 1, Zach. Steph has looked like an MVP this season. The team is is coming together. Their offense has been great. Even, you know, Steph, he he's our stat of the week and we'll talk about him scoring 50, but the rest of the team's been good. Draymond's been good in second half of games and the Warriors have been good at putting away opponents and and maybe winning games people didn't expect them to win. And they're getting Klay Thompson back at some point this season. And they've only lost one game without him so far. So I am be- I'm a believer in this Warriors team. You know what? That's fine and dandy. You can be a believer of this Warriors team because they've gotten off to a great start. I will give yeah. them a ton of credit for that. Going nine and one, first ten games, no Clay Thompson. A lot of guys have stepped up. Obviously, Steph Curry's playing at an MVP level. I think he's like second in scoring in a league at like twenty seven a night so far on the year. But 
However, context, context. I'm going to get a shirt that says context matters. I swear (laughs) I am. Because let me give you a little game as it relates to the Golden State Warriors and their fantastic start on the year. Now, yes, Wardell, Stephen Curry, MVP level. Yes, without question. Supporting cast have done a great job. Gary Payton the second playing very well. Uh, they've gotten some great games from Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. You know, he's playing, he's playing yeah. some good basketball. So uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, he's stepping up a little bit defensively for them in, in crucial moments. Now. They've had the easiest oh, no. schedule to start the year. <laughs> okay. That's first and foremost. They've had the easiest schedule to start the year. They've only left the state of California one time, and that's to play the OKC Thunder. Other than that, that road game that they had <laughs> against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers to open up the year, which they won that game. You know, so, you know, I give them credit for that. But – They've had an easy start to this year. And so, you know, the Rockets, the Thunder twice, you know, the likes of the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, the, you know, teams like that, they've had an opportunity to take care of the Atlanta Hawks just recently. And so they've been able to eat what's in front of them, you know, on their plate pretty, pretty handily, if you will. Yeah, they have uh, one of the easier strength of schedules. So I, I will give you that, that they are. Their strength of schedule so far this year has been easy, and their future strength of schedule so far has been uh, pretty easy as well. I'm trying to find their strength of schedule rankings altogether, but yeah, they are. Uh, they've had one of the easier strength of schedules this season. But I, I don't. I just. I, I think being nine and one, even with a pretty easy schedule, Zach is is really impressive. And maybe it's too early for me to buy in on what the Warriors are doing. But I think the fact that they're doing it without Clay. And they're going to get Clay back, and I'm sure it's going to take some time to get the chemistry going together, but their core has already played together, so it probably won't take as long as people may expect. I'm buying them. I'm dunking on the Warriors. I, I, I think they're, they're title contenders at this point. It may be too early, but I'm, I'm thinking they're title contenders. You know what, being though, like, in fairness to the Warriors and their strength of schedule, the Lakers – have had a similar strength of schedule <laughs> to start the year. And they have and been they are, Yes, and they are not <laughs> doing well. Yeah, they don't have LeBron, but they do have All-Star Westbrook. They do have Melo playing great, and they do have made of glass Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. So, you know, in fairness to the Warriors and their great start, the Warriors, I mean, the Los Angeles Lakers have had an easy schedule as well. And have not done so well. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you you have to you, you have to play the cards you're dealt, right? Mm-hmm. The Warriors have to have to play the team that's on their schedule. That's it. They can't change the teams. They have to play what's given to them, and they've done a great job doing it. Nine and one, one loss. Teams <laughs> lose to, to bad teams all the time, and and the Warriors seemingly haven't done that consistently. So I'm getting on the train. I'm believing in them. Um, but you are going to Cleveland for the team. I am. I'm going all the way to Cleveland. Shout out to the 216. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to the 216. Listen, Evan Mobley, the rookie. First of all, the lineup being a lot of people question the lineup when it first got rolled out as far as the front court with Evan Mobley, <laughs> Lloyd Marketing, 
and the big fella, Jared Allen, the big fro down there. So I know a lot of people question it, but let me tell you something. Those three together on the court are playing sensational basketball. It works. Yeah. It's fluid. Evan Mobley does his job. He picks his spots where he wants to be, whether it's down low, around that free throw area, whatever it may be. 14 and 8 on the year, shooting over 50% being I like Evan Mobley. I like what he's doing. He's and, I, and I knew he would be a good player to start. And I knew he, he wouldn't have any, you know, crucial struggles out there. So, you know, shout out to Evan Mobley and Darius Garland playing well. I know that's one of the players a lot of people know I wasn't very high on. But Darius Garland is playing well. And it sucks that Colin Sexton has to be out with the torn meniscus for that time. But he was playing some fantastic basketball, leading that organization. So, yes, shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ben, because they've been playing some good basketball on the year. Currently sitting at five in the East, number five. They're the fifth seed. (laughs) I I like them. They're fun, and I don't know what they're going to be with with or without Colin Sexton, but Isaac Okoro is going to be playing, hopefully, on Wednesday, he's seemingly okay. probable, so we'll see him a little bit. But give us that injury report. <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland, and I think the main thing here, and, and you described it really well, but Cleveland has been an underdog in every single game that they have played in this season. Ooh-wee. Yet they are eight and three against the spread, showing that they are a really good team against the spread. They're very underrated in the market, and then you just look at their win loss record at seven and four, and they have won seven times as an underdog. (laughs) So I don't know if Vegas is caught up, or I don't know if expectations for this Cavaliers team is still low, but they're low on the betting market. People do not expect them to play this well. People don't expect them to play well in the future, especially without without Colin Sexton, but they have exceeded all expectations. I don't know if the success is going to continue throughout the season. I don't know if it's a hot start that they are really good now, actually, or if they're going to get a crew back and maybe Sexton back in a couple months and then they actually take off. But might as well enjoy it now. And we're Definitely getting calls about it now. <laughs> You're right. You see that? Yeah, you know, you got you to gotta show them some love for sure. I think Ricky Rubio will be able to step in, you know, and fill in pretty decently yeah. for that Cavaliers team with Colin Sexton being out being. I think he'll step in and, you know, he'll they'll be fine. You know, maybe they won't have the, the same scoring, but, you know, that'll be fine. I think Ricky Rubio will be able to carry that torch. He's a vet in this league. Yeah, 100%. You're not losing. I mean, it's a step down from probably what you want to do offensively in total. But, I mean, Rubio's a, a more than capable backup point guard because yeah. he's a starter. He's generic, generally a starter in the NBA. And so now you're getting him off the bench. I, I think they will be okay. They should be okay. They might stumble here and there, but I think they still should be okay. Now, if we're dunking, we're also denying, Zach. This, yep. this is our selling point. I am denying <laughs> Russell Westbrook just as a player <laughs> in the NBA. He has <laughs> been <laughs> such a disappointment to this team. And I, and I know, listen, I know the stats. And, and he played at a triple-double against the Charlotte Hornets on Monday night. He looked okay, but he also got really lucky because he fouled LaMelo Ball right at the end of that game before – I think before they called a timeout, that is neither here nor there, but he could have cost the Lakers the game last night with a stupid foul. He just has moments where he does not look engaged. He has moments where he looks like he he's not a team player. He, he's taking shots he shouldn't be taking. He's playing out of control. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't, I didn't get the fit before and I really don't get the fit now with the Lakers, but I just, I, I'm not buying anything Russell Westbrook is doing right now. All right. 
See, you one of them. You want to roll out and you be want to be one of them. But that's okay though. Lakers I'm are out. six I, and five. I, I, there's, <laughs> I don't know what he can do to get me back in. This is his time to shine too, right? No LeBron. Yeah. You're going to be the main scorer on this team. You're going to have Anthony Davis there to help you out. And you barely get the win against the Hornets. Like, come on. Like this, yeah. this should be, this should be a Lakers team. And there's a, not even against the Hornets, but you're losing games you shouldn't lose. And I get LeBron is LeBron and the best player since Jordan and everything like that. But you're Russell Westbrook. You're, you're a potential, probably a Hall of Famer. And you're a big reason why this team has been losing games they should not be losing. The Thunder games, they lost both of those games. Two games that I know they wish they could have back because they had huge leads in those games. Now, let's get down to business with the Los Angeles Lakers and how they have nine more games to figure it out, Ben. They got nine more. Remember, I said 20 games, 15, 20 20 games. They have nine more games. And listen, LeBron, I think him just not being there on the floor, I think it's just more pivotal than what people expected with Russell Westbrook leading the torch with Anthony Davis. It looks like they just really need LeBron to be in uniform. And as far as Russell Westbrook goes, let me just say this. I know Westbrook in the turnover situation is bad. He's five-plus turnovers probably every game this year. In the moments where he has a low turnover rate, where it may be around five or six, which is still pretty high in this league, it's not how many he has, but when the turnovers happen. So, like, he's having turnovers the last two minutes of the game where it's crucial time, crucial moments, and you just can't have that if you're Russell Westbrook. In fairness to him, where's Russell Westbrook from, Ben? California. California, from that Southern Cal, L.A. Roots. And so UCLA. there's a, you know what I'm saying? And so there's this thing that he talked about as it relates to being from L.A. and how there's pressure on him to perform well in front of, you know, hometown crowd. And, you know, he, I feel like he, those these next nine games where he's really going to have to figure it out because, um with the expectations on that team being so high and Frank Vogel just sitting there throwing out these silly lineups, <laughs> they got to get it together or, you know, something may have to happen come February in terms of trade deadline. <laughs> Ooh, already, already talking about trading Russell Westbrook. What, what is it? November 9th at 3 PM. And we're talking about trading Russell Westbrook <laughs> from the Los Angeles Lakers. His turnover percentage is 20%. I mean, that's horrible. That's the worst yeah, turnover bad. percentage in his career by two percentage points, which was last year is when he had last year was his worst turnover percentage until this year, which is his worst turnover percentage in his career. So there's, there's something up with that where he he's definitely been having issues with turnovers, which is weird because that's what you expect from a 20, 20 year old rookie, not a 33 year old NBA veteran who's probably a future Hall of Famer just getting worse with turning the ball over. It's it's very bizarre. His three point percentage is bad. His his true shooting percentage is bad. His I mean, if we're going everything by is PDR, bad. OK, it's okay, everything okay, is bad. Okay. Everything is bad about Westbrook right now. I understand. Like, I really understand. I know a lot of Laker fans are frustrated. But like I'm saying, you got nine more games, you know, before the headache becomes a migraine. And then there we go. Then we'll <laughs> we talk. Pre- yeah. Then we can press the button. All right. What are you uh, what are you denying, Zach? Listen. I'm denying the idea that the Washington Wizards hot start 
is a fluke start, okay? I'm starting to really believe and dive in into this Washington Wizards team because they're beating quality teams. They're beating quality teams, man. They beat the Bucks. They beat a good Indiana team. They went out there and beat the Boston Celtics not once, but twice. And we know that's a Celtics team that's improving. And even after one of those games, uh, Marcus Smart, what did he do? He goes out and say, listen, they're not passing the ball. <laughs> they need to yeah. pass the ball, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And so, you know, the Wizards have caused problems for certain teams in the NBA this season. Montrez Harrell continue to play very well. That's going to be a six-man-of-the-year sleeper once again. You yeah. know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he comes over there from Brooklyn showing that he's a starter in the NBA, starting point guard in this league. And you know, last but not least, because I ain't got to mention Bradley Beal because we know what he does. Well, you know who I got to talk about, KK, Kyle Kuzma, doing well, <laughs> still still performing, contributing to that team. Just got to throw that out there, Ben. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's – I'm. I'll, I'll give him his crap. I'll, I'll say congratulations <laughs> to him. He's this, – this Wizards team is fun. It's it's a fun team. And you, you have to latch on to some of these fun teams in the NBA when you can because – I mean, two years ago when we were doing this podcast, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were the fun team, and they succeeded. They were good against the spread. They were fun to watch. They had a a lot of young good guys. And I think this year that fun team, I mean, we talked about one of them in the Cleveland Cavaliers. The other one would have to be the Washington Wizards. They're succeeding past expectations. They seemingly have everyone really knowing their roles um, and seemingly a lot more comfortable playing offense. I don't want to bring Russell Westbrook back into this. But they were talking about how the offense is a little bit more smooth this year. So I don't know if that's because Russell Westbrook isn't there or if they're younger players. I don't know. I don't know if the players are year older. I don't want to drag Russell Westbrook under that bus, but I I don't know. I I don't know. The the, the Wizards are just a lot better team than they were last season. Uh, Maybe they just have better pieces. Dinwiddie has been fun for them. And Bradley Beal obviously is, is always been good, but they've, they've just. They've just improved in every aspect of their games. Their defense, which used to be bottom, bottom of the NBA, they're somewhere is like now middle of the pack. They're twelfth. They're twelfth yeah. in the NBA in points per game given up. Um, that's been great for them. So everything has been improved. The, the offense is more free, free flowing. It's more open. They've been fun. West Unsell. Got to give some credit to Wes Unsell, right? You know, he's a new yeah. coach over there. You know, and not every coach has started off successful, you know, first year so far this season. So, you know, kudos and credit to Wes Unsell having that Wizards team, you know, riding high right now. Yeah, I don't want to shame Scotty Brooks, but I think it was just getting stale. I think it was just getting stale. <laughs> I think his 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 way of, of playing was just getting stale. The The teams that he coached, Clearly probably had a ceiling um, when you don't have James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and and um, Kevin Durant on the same team when he went to the finals with them. But if you don't have that, I, I just don't see how good his coaching can be. So I think they did well with, with getting a new coach, and it's working out. So if anyone has chances to watch the the Washington Wizards, I think that is that is a good team, a fun team to watch. All right, let's look towards the future, Zach. Things we want to see. What do we want to see this week? What do you want to see happen this week? Something that I really want to see this week is a team that we saw last year, last season, exceed a lot of people's expectations and make it to the 
Eastern Conference Finals. That team is the Atlanta Hawks. They create a lot of momentum down there in ATL for another team. That being the Atlanta Braves, who just go out there without yeah. Ronald Acuna and win the World Series. Shout out to the Atlanta Braves. But <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks being have not played well so far this year. And they have lost no. four straight. They started off kind of okay to start the season, but now they've kind of looked funky. Uh, so far this season, like I said, lost four straight. They're on a road trip too as well. They just lost, um, to the Warriors and, you know, that's a team with the guy that's looking at the protege like, let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> let me show you how it's done, young boy. Let me show you how it's done, you know, and so you got that going on. I just hope they're able to turn it around, man. So that's something I really want to see this week is Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, get their act together out there, you know, and down there in the East. Yeah, they've been, um, they've been an interesting team because we were high on them in our season preview. We were talking about, how excited we were for the Atlanta Hawks to to exceed expectations and and become maybe even a title contender and they just have not looked the part this season and I don't know if it's because of the new foul rule that that really is affecting Trey Young's play and he's not getting the line as much and it's affecting the way he's shooting the ball but you know just the team as a whole and I know injuries have been a problem with them but I, I don't know they just seemingly can't get it together they play with a slower pace than I think they probably should with the players that they have their offensive efficiency is top 10 in the NBA so I, I don't know it's a weird problem because it's a team that should be winning the games that they're losing and they're just losing them in very weird ways where it's just like you watch them and they lose and you're thinking they just they had an off night it's it's a one-off it's an off and night and, and then they <laughs> yeah, and then it's another off night. And you're like, what's going on? Like, is the off night just the norm for the Atlanta Hawks now? It's it's very weird. Yeah, and then most of it really is like a second half thing. You know, they come out sometimes and throw the first punch. But then it comes second half, you know, they really have a tendency to like really struggle being and, and you know, they really got to get that together. I'm, I'm sure Nate McMillan is going to be in the film room trying to really, you know, get these guys attention that, you know, second half, we got to have that same energy that we had in the first half. 100 um, percent. Some things I want to see this week. I mentioned that the Jokic brothers, I want to see them fight the Morris twins. Just <laughs> I think that would be a really fun, entertaining fight. I think the Jokic brothers would win. But I think I would I would pay a lot of money to see a fight like that, Zach. I think that would be a fun fight to watch. Yeah, um, parking lot too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would have to be in a parking lot. It would have to be like in a parking lot or a field, just a <laughs> random field or a parking lot. Uh, the other thing I want to see happen is I want the Timberwolves to figure it out. Okay. And by it, I don't know what it is, but they need to figure it out because they started the season hot. They started the season three. You were and one. riding with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were riding I was, with them. I was I was loving the Timberwolves three and one start. They've lost five in a row now. They're three and six. They're twelfth in the like Western a, Conference. It's getting colder. It sounds about right for them. As of, you know, that's kind of their thing too, being like it in is. Minnesota. Like they start off good. How you thinking? All right, Carly Towns. You know, the guys the Edwards. They figuring it out. Then boom, they lose like twelve straight. It literally happens. Like I swear, it doesn't happen at least like the last two years, if not three years, at some point they just go on like a bad losing streak, the Minnesota Timberwolves, after getting off to a pretty decent start like they did this year. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks early in the Mm -hmm. season, and then they go off and rattle five straight losses. So I don't don't really know what is up with that team. Um, I mean, D'Angelo Russell has only missed two games. I know he's pretty injury prone, but Anthony Edwards has looked good. Carl Anthony Towns hit that buzzer beater to send the game to overtime, overtime. on Monday against the Grizzlies. Like he's just a Hail Mary prayer. And 
you know, that loss looks worse if they lose in regulation to the Grizzlies after, you know, fighting with them for a good amount of that game. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what they need, but they need to figure it out because I, I don't see Carl Anthony Towns like staying quiet after another year of just. What do you mean? I, he's going to start being like, you need to get rid of me because if this team is, is not going to so? expectations, I, I think he's wanted to say that for a little bit longer than this year. It's just he deserves better, I think. And he's not 0% of the reason that they are losing. You know, he he shares the blame in a lot of it, but he's had no help. And I know Anthony Edwards is the only one now that's really helping him. D'Angelo's been fine. Like, he's been okay. He's not been super efficient as a player. I like Malik Beasley as a player, but again, he's kind of playing underneath expectations. I, I, it's just that the team is playing so beneath their ability right now that I don't, I don't know what's going to change that unless they just get out of their funk by themselves. Hmm. You think Carl Anthony Towns should possibly request a trade if oh, they can't 100%. do better? I mean, I'm going to just give you the hard analogy. They've given him everything. You know, they tried. Jimmy, really? Wiggins. Now they got D'Lo. They drafted Anthony Edwards. He's great. Malik Beasley brought him in. He's playing below expectations, but maybe hopefully he turns it around. I mean, I mean, I think the next best thing is what the coach. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like, and I, I just maybe because I've heard it so much, you know, with the Timberwolves and how I've tried to give them, you know, chance after chance, year after year, you know, believing in Carnathy Towns, who is a great player. You know, he is a 25 plus 12 rebound guy, but I think sometimes, you know, he can be a little soft. Sure. You know, depending 100%. on his matchup, you know, he could play beneath expectations, you know, depending on the matchup out there sometimes. And I like Carl Anthony Towns, but I think from a defensive standpoint, and he's been in the league now for at least about five, six years, I don't think, Ben, he's improved defensively, you know, or had the defensive numbers since, like, his rookie year, second year in the NBA. Yeah, uh, he definitely has his faults, 100%. And I, I, I think my statement was more not that I think he should – request a trade i just think i think it's something he will do it seems like okay. he's just done with the team and them trying to build around him he i mean jimmy butler when he came he was he was basically just a bully like he was just a straight up bully to carl anthony towns and I, i'm not gonna say he didn't deserve some of the bullying because he's definitely soft in situations he definitely seems like there's some times where he just doesn't have any energy to play defense or he's being too passive so i, I think jimmy butler yelling at him was justified I just don't think he responds well to that type of leadership. He's not someone who you're going to yell at and he's going to say, okay, you're absolutely right. He's just going to be worse if you yell at him. So he needs a different type of leadership and Jimmy was not it. But it seems to me that the way he's conducted himself, the way he's sometimes talked with quotes in the media that I don't know, I, I feel like his patience is going to start wearing thin with this team, but I would love them. That's what I want to see. I just want, I want to see them improve, get out of a five game losing streak. I want to see them play better. All right. Let's do stat of the week, buddy. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> What's the stat of the week this week, Zach? The stat of the week this week. Man, he stole the show. Like, he really wasn't going to have it. He did. And then all of a sudden, he has it this week. Stat of the week goes to none other. Stephen Curry, Wardell Stephen Curry. That man went out and had a season high. 50 points being 5-0. 5-0. 50 points, nine threes on the night. 
I, I had a I had a friend text me one watching this game, and it's like it's it's the same sentiment I think we all have when we watch him, and that's when Steph is on, you know, when he's in the zone, when he is feeling it. I don't think there has ever been a better score in the history of the game because he's he's literally unstoppable. When he is feeling it, he'll take three dribbles across midcourt, fire up a three, it goes in, like just like that, in 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 a split nick of time. Like it is unbelievable how good he is when he is in the zone. And there were moments in that game when he was scoring 50 points, whereas you're just looking at him and you're like, he, he's not missing. It's impossible. You, you were shocked when he actually misses a shot. You know what? Sometimes I'm not like that. Sometimes I'm the opposite. Because sometimes when he makes shots, steal. Like, even steal. I know Steph, greatest shooter ever. Like, I know but when you watch basketball enough and you've seen other guys take maybe similar shots that Steph may take, contested, baseline, fade away, fade left, fade right, <laughs> turn around, yeah. looking at the bench. <laughs> when you see all these different shots that, you know, Steph goes out there and makes, sometimes you're, you sometimes do have to ask yourself, bro, how did he hate that shot? <laughs> like, I, I know your following answer is probably is going to be, oh, it's just Steph. It's just Steph being Steph. But man, sometimes I'll still am like, how did he make that shot? Like, it's, how? it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost looks like he's like, a, has a magnet in the ball and it just connects with the hoop just naturally. <laughs> like that's, that's how good some of his shots are. And he gets them off so quick. And I just, it's one of those things where you're watching him and you're like, I just, I can't take him for granted still. And I know, you know, and, oh, and hopefully not in five years, but five to 10 years, you know, he's going to be gone from the league. He's going to retire. And I don't know if there's going to be anyone that is really like him for a while in the type of score and the type of three point shots mm-hmm. that he was able to make. And for him to still be putting out 50 point games in early November of what, of whatever season that it is for him at this point, season 12, like it's impressive. It's very impressive. You know, he hasn't lost a step. It looks like he's only improving as it relates to the shooting anyway. You know, and and I got to mention off the 50 points, he had the 10 assists. So he had the double-double. So, you know, that's the stat of the week. Wardell, Stephen Curry, I'm pretty confident he's going to have another stat of the week this season. I would imagine. All right. Your time to shine, Zach. It Uh is your betting corner. What is your game of the week? My game of the week this week being Miami Heat taking on the Los Angeles Clippers this week. And I like for the Miami Heat to respond well against the Los Angeles Clippers. Kyle Lowry, he stunk it up the last two games for them. <laughs> He's definitely stunk it up. And it's, yeah. and it's funny because like no one's really talked about that in those last two games, but it's, you it's so magnitude and so magnifying when you, when, when you watch the game, like you can see it, like it's really affecting the team when Kyle Lowry plays bad. And so now that's something you, you notice a little bit so far this season with the Miami Heat, but I like the Miami Heat money line over the Los Angeles Clippers this week. Here we go. I like it. We're gonna we're gonna keep the good times rolling here. We're gonna keep you at your better the week. We're <laughs> we're gonna go positive this week. You're gonna get the positive over 500. I believe in it. Yes, I definitely hope so. You know, because that's a game I'm really serious about. Same game as well. I'm gonna do some same game in there. I'm not gonna throw that out there for the included with the game of the week. But if you want to get interested, you know, in that game of the week, I may drop something like that on Twitter. <laughs> 
And speaking of go. Twitter, right? And speaking of Twitter, that'll conclude this edition of Points in the Paint podcast. We appreciate you all for listening to Points in the Paint wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow at Points Paint on Twitter, Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel for our mm-hmm. interviews and our just to see our faces for the podcast. Make sure you follow the uh YouTube page, Points in the Paint. That's the subscription. You can catch all the interviews there and follow Shams for all your NBA news around the association. Catch inside the association with Cameron Smith, Shams and the crew. They come out every Thursday on stadium. Listen to Sharp Lessons with my man's Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson. They drop all your exclusive betting tips. And I even saw that you got your own, uh, article that you drop every week Ben I saw that so make sure you pay attention yeah make sure you pay attention to that tape don't lie with Michael Felder for all things football and you will hear from us points in the paint podcast Zach Badgerhouse Ben Wittenstein next week